0: I can't even I couldn't even get out today. I can't even get it out today. Hold on. Yes, sir. <laughs> I can't even I can't even do it. I can't I can't even get it out today because I'm so excited. I am so so excited because <laughs> Oh, what the best, that's the best way to lose a lock. That is the best way in the world to lose your lock for the day. It is the absolute best way to lose the lock for the day. Oh, <laughs> go to stake, go to stake, go to steak. Oh, I can't even, I can't believe. It. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. If, if you missed it, if you missed it, in case you missed it, I see why am I. <laughs> Oh man, oh, I can't even. I didn't know I was gonna be this excited. I didn't know I was gonna be this excited. <laughs> okay, in case you missed it, last night before the game, Steph Curry <laughs> was asked by Kendra Andrews, ESPN, was asked how what was the game plan going into Game Five because you know you're tied, Well, you're up three one going into a Game Five on the road. Very good question. What was the game plan going into game five? Steph Curry proceeds to say, whoop that trick. (laughs) That's our game plan. And as you hear the comment, you're like, ooh. Oh, that was disrespectful. (laughs) But if you don't get it, then if you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't know. But he said, whoop that trick. So <laughs> I wish I I wish I threw everything I owned on Memphis at that point. Because <laughs> <even> <laughs> then they proceed to go and lose that game. Not only lose that game, they got drugged out the arena. They were down 50 points at one point. 55. 55 <laughs> I just can't, no, it's just nothing, nothing, that is, (laughs) you see what happens when you try to troll, (laughs) oh man, oh man, that was hilarious, that was hilarious, that was like off a TV show, that was something off of a movie, I can't believe that, that was the best way to lose my life. If I was going to lose my lock, I I absolutely wanted to be like that. I already was reverse jinxing, and that was the best absolute way to lose Golden State. First of all, this is the first time – no, second time I've been on Golden State this entire time. Best way to lose a lock right there because (laughs) you cannot do that. (laughs) You cannot do that. You cannot make that comment and then go in there and get drug out the arena like that. If Memphis had one game to win, that was it. That was it right there, and they did it. Oh, my gosh. It's... Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Gambling Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, William really Rale Terrell Furman Jr. I hope you all enjoyed the theatrics the last night like I did, because that was hilarious. That was absolutely hilarious. I'm I'm still tears in my eyes on how funny that is. You know, it's just it's, – sometimes it's just really, really hard out here for a pimp, and you just – you're struggling. You're struggling.
1: <laughs>
0: but you can't do that right there. <laughs> As you heard, I got my co-host with me. It's Thursday. Scott Show. Scott, what's
1: going on? Nothing much. Uh, overall, pretty decent Thursday. I can't say that I was that invested in the NBA games yesterday because the Bucks game I was, because, of course, that game was crazy. We'll get to that in a second. That was the main course. It's very rare you get the main course before you get the appetizer. And, yeah, the Warriors game turned out to just be, I don't know, rotten. That was just a terrible game from start to finish. It was funny if you didn't have any real action on it on Golden State, or even if you had action on it, you kind of had to laugh at some point, because that game turned into a bloodbath. But... Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Curry, who decided to not just say win the game, something basic, decided to go above and beyond on the game plan pregame quote, and it came back to bite them. And I thought it was even weirder when Draymond was like half celebrating with the crowd with the towel in the second half. Did you see that? oh no no
0: that was great did you hear his comments after
1: that oh no I get it I'm just saying during the game he was like you know half dancing with the crowd I'm like your team's down 40 like I understand if you want to make a joke out of it and I get it it's a nice win for Memphis you got it
0: that's how you shoot I'm glad that's how you respond that's because there's nothing else you can do There's nothing you can do I I just thought
1: it was a little weird you're down 40 and you have a towel going on and it's like all right like I get what you're doing but, it's I mean, because they on. were
0: dancing to Whoop Datch. Oh, no, no, no. I, the,
1: I get the joke. You, you, I get it.
0: It was it was perfect. I'm 100% here for it by Draymond because Draymond, I know, is going to talk to you whether you up 40 and he's going to talk to you whether he down 40. and <laughs> He's consistent. That, that dancing oh, was actually t- type kind of scary of what to expect in game six a little bit because it's just like, oh, you got to be some type of psychopath. But... <laughs> I can't even still talk because Steph told him that they was going to want that trick and they got (laughs) drugged. They they got beat worse than DJ was beating Skinny Black in that bathroom. (laughs) I
1: I personally think that the Draymond thing, maybe it's because of how he's (laughs) interacted with Memphis fans all series long, but he was also pumping up the crowd when he got ejected in game one. There's just a lot of random theatrics going on when Draymond's on the road. And, of course, you know, the fans are going to cheer anyway whenever Draymond or the team does something bad because, of course, they're rooting for the other team. But I don't know. I feel like I I understood the situation. I knew that the song was playing in the background. I get it. And it was a good moment there for Memphis. But I don't really know what Draymond was doing. Like, you're, you're down 40 points. Like, whatever. I didn't think it was really needed. But then again, the whole game was a lost cause anyway. So I guess it doesn't really matter.
0: I – I uh. I get it. I get what he was going for. And, I get what he was going you know, for it's, too. It's, you know, but it's, whatever. It's one. It's, it's one game, and whether you lost by you know two, you lost by fifty, you still. Yeah, he was. Won, he was you know, embracing
1: you know, the mean. I, I get. Yeah, it. And you're yeah, And you gonna put it.
0: You gonna put it behind you, you. And Draymond is a guy. He's gonna have a good time. He gonna be interactive with the crowd. And you know they. Yeah, you hundred percent. You was whooping our ass. That is a hundred percent. You whooped our ass. And you know what? I'm gonna celebrate with you. With it for it because that was a you know that was a good job you got us you really got us. Do you listen, listen to his podcast? Things. Yes, I do. I, like I do podcast. too. I, really I think
1: it's really solid stuff. stuff.
0: Yeah, I really like his podcast. All right. <clears throat> Whew. Okay. I think I'm. Um, I think, I'm, I think I'm good. Do you want know, to transition to the
1: other game or do you want to stick with the overall series implications that oh, that yeah, game could have? We do got to
0: talk about that. We do get. Oh, no, not really. I mean, we got
1: I mean, yeah, to talk about the Bucs game. That, I mean,
0: yeah, we got to talk about the Bucs game. I mean, for the rest of the series, it's just do you think that Memphis is game by game at this point? They, they yeah. were down 3 1, so you're, it's game by game at this point. What do you expect to happen? All right, so for the other game, the Bucs versus the Celtics. What a game. The Celtics do it again. I told you about this on the pod yesterday. I've told you about this over the course of the entire series, that when you least expect it, the Celtics will let you down in the biggest moment. And they had the chance to, with home court, to go up 3-2 in this series. And they blew it. They blew the lead. They blew it at the end of the game. Shouts out to Drew Holiday, who is absolutely balling these playoffs. And... Trying to force me to retire the name playoff Drew. I'm gonna wait till next series, Drew. If you do it two series in a row, I like it. But well,
1: offensively, it might we're not still gonna, apply. We're not defensively has been great.
0: Yeah, defense is always great. But we'll we'll see, Drew. I'm not I'm not ready to give up the name playoff Drew yet. We'll we'll see. Give me next series. If I get something good next series, then I I might, I might. But yeah, I thought it was a, a great game and I mean, Bucks money line might hit my dog, so I'm good, I'm good for it. At the end of the day, the Celtics find ways to blow games, and Giannis served them up on a silver plowder missing that free throw, and they let Bobby Portis get the putback. So anything after that is just, wow, whatever. It's really not too too, shocking, not too, too shocking to me. I figured that there was a good point that there was a good chance that Milwaukee would be looking to close out in Milwaukee. Uh, just that championship pedigree them knowing that these games are super duper important and they don't want to risk they don't want to be in an elimination game at all they've been there before don't want to be in an elimination game they don't want to give the other team a chance to see them three wins what a chance to close out so what are your thoughts
1: for me my thoughts on the overall game was that Marcus Smart winning <clears throat> the defensive player of the year is kind of a joke now once again Drew Holiday wasn't even in serious contention which is an even bigger joke, but from what you could tell from the game itself, Giannis has simply put worn down the Buck, uh, worn down the Celtics over the course of the last week. And we saw in the first couple of games, Giannis still had decent stats. He had a triple double in Game One, but his shooting numbers were atrocious. And as the series has gone on, they just can't stop Giannis from getting to the rim. Now Giannis did hit a couple of big three pointers. In that fourth quarter. So props to him for making those big shots. I know Drew also had a big shot in there and Bobby Portis had the putback. But my main takeaway up to this point was that the Celtics defense was having an all-time playoff run there for the first, I'd say, three games of this the uh, first three games of this series and the entire Nets series. And it appears that Giannis has broken the Boston defense. And my main other takeaways are the fact that. Tatum, I was one of the first people to maybe jump the boat a little bit after the first series where he outplayed KD, and I thought you could make a case that Tatum might be a top four, top five player in the league. And I know that he had pretty good numbers for the last couple of games in this series. He's not demanding enough of the ball late in games, and I feel like that's definitely a concern and why I'll admit I was probably wrong. I, Tatum is still obviously top 10. He's still a very good player. Is he still 19 years old? He's been 19 for about 7 years. But he's still very very good and I do believe that he's going to eventually be a top 5 guy, but I don't think he's there yet. And that's going to have to transition us to the Marcus Smart plays and the Drew Holiday plays in particular, but I personally believe that the final play, the inbound, not when they were down three and Marcus Smart got his pocket picked. I'm talking about the actual inbound at, the, at half court. I do believe there was a play for Tatum or for Brown, and I think Marcus Smart went rogue. I think that Milwaukee overloaded towards the middle. Smart thought that he had a lane and he went for it. So I don't believe that was the play. I think the play was designed for somebody else, and Smart saw a lane, and irrational confidence, Marcus Smart decided to try to put the game in his own hands. So I think that's a concern. I don't know how Tatum is not the one getting the ball off the inbound underneath your own basket down three with five seconds left. I don't get how after Marcus Smart can have that shot blocked. Great play by Drew Holiday. But I don't know how Marcus Smart's the one getting the ball off the inbound underneath your own basket. That should have been Tatum, especially after the previous possession. And you could see Tatum putting his hand up, calling for the ball across the court. The ball should have already been in his hands. And I feel like even though Smart is going to be obviously the one to blame for how the game unfolded because he had the two blunders late, Tatum's got to be more aggressive calling for the ball and he should have the ball in his hands on almost every possession late in games, and I thought that was more concerning. Because you know Giannis would have had the ball in his hands in that situation, whether he could shoot threes or not, because he would demand the ball. Tatum has not been demanding enough. Mm.
0: <clears throat> in my opinion. I'm, uh, so I've had this thought that you said for about three years now. But you saw flashes. Years. About Three years. Yes, about three years now I've had this thought about Jason Tatum. And I'm convinced that for one, it's not like, I don't think it's truly Jason. I think that at first it was Brad Stevens and his reluctance to name Jason Tatum the guy. Yeah. 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 You're our one, one, a one B. He's not saying you're our one, you're our one, a one B, you know, we got you and Kyrie. Then it was, we got you and Caleb, uh, Kimba. then then we got you and Jalen. And I think that with, uh, Brad Stevens influence in that building and first year Eme coming in, I don't think that that mindset is easily ripped out of Jason. I don't think anybody has sat him down and reinforced to him in Boston that, He's the guy when it gets to these situations. And so you're not – if you know you're the guy, you're going to demand it. But if you don't know that you're the guy and they're like, yeah, I'm the guy, but we got multiple other guys, and it's a type, of, like a type of brainwashing, I feel like. And that's what I think. I'm not going to say it is, but that's what I think is happening here. And it's not more of Jason Tatum knows he can be the guy, he, you know, all that. But he's not, because that's not how Boston runs things. That's not how Boston does things. It's not just one guy. It's a 1A, 1B. And so when it's a 1A, 1B, you're less reluctant to make demanding decisions like that in the latest games, because at that point, it's really the coaching staff saying, all right, well, we're not using 1A today. We're using 1B. Or well, we're going to run this play, and we're going to put the ball in this person's hand. They're going to get it to over to 1A and 1B. Uh. So, I agree. I just don't think it's Tatum. I'm not blaming Tatum. I think that it's something bigger at hand and why he is not getting the ball in late situations. And what's s- slowing him down from making that step, I think the Boston Celtics need to just come out and just go ahead and say what we all know. Jason Tatum is our guy. Everybody else is really fucking good. But Jason Tatum is our guy. Jason Tatum is who we're trying to push for MVP. And when they do that, he will be in the conversation.
1: Now, just to backtrack for a second, do you agree with me that Marcus Smart's layup attempt was not a design play? Mm, probably not. I probably personally not. think that the main purpose, of course, to get when you have an inbound is to get the damn ball inbounded, and Marcus Smart was open, and we, he saw Holiday was cheating over, and you know he thought he had a lane, he went for it. I don't think that was the play at all. I think Tatum would have had an opportunity there. But even and, the buzzer beating, not, I yeah. mean,
0: and I don't blame him for it. it was I don't good, blame him. He had a blame. lane. He had a, it, it, was a, it was a good basketball play. It's just Drew Holiday's really good and got over.
1: Yeah. That, that's how I would describe it. Holiday came from the backside yeah. and blocked him. I'm, I'm not, not even at, sure not Mark Smart at. saw him. Yeah, I'm not mad at him for that. No, I, you can make an argument. You should be more mad about the pickpocket that happened right after it. But as for the actual drive, he had a lane as an NBA player. You assume mm-hmm. that he's going to at least make a decent attempt at Get it. and fouled. Yeah, and. Holiday blocked him. You know, it, it is it is what it is. But yeah. I think the one thing you could also point to is the fact that even Tatum's buzzer beater that he had against the Nets was not a designed play for Tatum. And you can make an argument that it was a miracle Tatum even got the ball. Because Marcus Smart pump faked two defenders. Everyone thought he was going to shoot it anyway, and mm-hmm. Tatum ended up wide open underneath the basket. He had a nice spin move to get the mm-hmm. layup, but the ball at no point was in Tatum's hands before. Point two on the clock when he hit the layup. So, even on that possession, Tatum did not ISO with the ball or anything like that. So, maybe it's something about a selfless nature that they're promoting in Boston where they want people to share the ball. That's good for them. I'm telling you, that's what that's I'm pretty
0: sure that's what this Boston culture is. uh,
1: I was going to say, even if that's the culture, that's good for them. But at the end of the day, you should have the ball in your best player's hands. And no offense to Jalen Brown, who's a very good player. Tatum is easily the best player on the stand. This is why I don't trust Boston because of little stuff like that. It's like M execution. And I
0: feel like stuff stuff like that is why I feel like they're so inconsistent. And when, again, when everything is on and everybody's like, oh, Boston's really good. They're really, really going to do this. They're really, blah, 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 blah. Boston lets you down. They did it throughout the regular season multiple times. And even in when they were really good, they still did it. And they're doing it in the playoffs now. And it definitely happened last night when they were a five-point favorite. So.
1: For me, the way that I would describe Boston as a team in their selfless nature, of course, I don't want to do an ultimate sports media move and bring LeBron into this because, you know, he's, hasn't, he's still in Cancun. But I have to bring it he's up at least. LA. Back in LA now? Either yep. way. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry I missed Taco Tuesday. Anyway, one issue that LeBron faced in his entire career was – how people reacted to his decision-making in particularly regular season moments in one possession games in the final 10 seconds, mostly involving his time in Cleveland and Miami, how he was willing to find the open guy. Uh And there was a debate that formed among NBA insiders, NBA Twitter, talking heads, whatever, on what you want your star player to do in a one-possession game in the final 10 seconds? Do you want the Kobe approach, where no matter how many people are on your best player, you want your best player to shoot because he's the best player on the team? That's the Kobe approach. And then you have the LeBron approach, which is to do the high basketball IQ play, but that might result in a role player taking the game-winning shot. And that has really been a debate that's existed for a long period of time. And I feel like the Celtics are a perfect example of that for a team. Because on one hand, you got a decent look. I know Smart got blocked from behind. But the point is is that you want to get the best shot possible and you have faith in all of your guys on the court. Or do you want to do what the Bucks did, which is get Giannis the ball, everyone get the hell out of the way.
0: But that, I don't see – that's where I believe there's two different situations. Because, I think it
1: is two different situations. No, but okay. I'm saying just in general.
0: No, but I'm saying, but Giannis demanding the ball, Giannis getting the ball is different than Jason because Jason is a flat-out scorer. Jason can do some nice things with the ball, but a passer and a a playmaker for others is is not what he is. Giannis can flat-out score and he can create for others. So I think that's a difference in that situation because if I'm I'm giving Giannis the ball knowing that, hey, Giannis knows he doesn't have to take this shot. He trusts his teammates and he knows that if he gets the high basketball play, he can make that play as well jason they're like all right yeah jason can make passes but at the end of the day in this moment if i'm giving jason a ball i'm looking for him to score and i'm not looking for him to become a facilitator and try to make something happen for others
1: so i guess my question for you though overall would be if you were the coach of a team would you rather get a pretty wide open shot by a role player or would you rather get a decent look by your star player with a shot to win the game i want the wide open shot okay
0: They're NBA players and my role players are probably pretty good. So they're above average NBA players. I want the wide open shot.
1: I feel like I'm asking the question because that kind of ties into Boston's philosophy because that involves getting the best shot possible. Yeah. I'm
0: not, I'm not mad that, you know, if Jason Tatum doesn't get, I'm not mad at it. If he demanded it and he may, he, I know for a fact he can make it happen, but I'm not mad if he doesn't because that's what, that's what Boston does. And I know, but I also know how to handicap Boston for what they are. And I thought it was a good chance that they probably blow it in this situation. And I
1: is. personally gravitate more towards the Kobe model. I want my star player taking the final shot, of course, mm-hmm. within reason. If he's being triple teamed past the ball, you know, it's nothing crazy, crazy. But if he has a, a either a step back or a fade away, and he does have some room, I would probably rather have Tatum taking the final shot than Smart, for example. But. Mm-hmm. You can make an argument either way, and that's going to be a debate that's not going to go away. It's whether or not you should prioritize the right basketball play or getting your star player a shot to win the game. So you can philosophy. go either way. I'm going with the star player. You're going with the open shot. Both of them have merit. So you can make an argument, and I can't really argue against one point or the other. That's just how I stand.
0: It's just philosophy, and it's basically, you know, which, which person do you want to place your bet on? And if you want to know where the best place to place that bet, you can get on down to WinBet, where you can bet $50 and win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. The Plus, WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays, function, wins, build your own bet. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a $3 bet. Build your own parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of this offer for the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to get started today. Offers such to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 20 or older or present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. And Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform. You might use them for your fantasy leagues, your dynasty leagues, anything you may use it for in fantasy. Now you can use their new over-under game. It's super simple. Find any sport, pick two or more players that you like, and pick the over-under. So, for example, points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you wish to enter in the contest, pick correctly, and you can win from 2 to 20 times the money you put in. Main reason I'm excited about Sleeper is because they're the only place where I can join my buddies' contest. I can beat them. I can beat them at whatever. Sean beat me the other night. Very sad about it, very hurt about it. But it's okay because I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back and get a win. Watch this. Follow me on Sleeper. So, this is what you can do to join our list on your mobile phone, join our listener group at sleeper.com slash SGPMBA. And will automatically sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars that's right join our squad at sleeper.com size sgp mba and get the 100 percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars terms of conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details all right fellas it is time if you, it's probably not looking good. It's been a long winter. It's probably not looking good down there. You need to landscape your manscape, and you can only do that with Manscaped. Make sure that you tap in with the worldwide leader, four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going over to manscaped.com, and you get 20% off and free shipping with code SGP. So look, they have the performance package for, you get the lawnmower for, LED light, water-resistant, Go out there, and you can get all through the crevices while you're in the shower. Everything, clear everything on out with the lawnmower, just mow it all down. Then you take the weed whacker, get in those near ho- those ear holes, and those nose holes. Proprietary skin safe technology to help prevent those nicks and snags, and oh, that stuff blah, hurts. And then after clearing that out. Boom! Hit the crop preserver, crop reviver down there. The ball deodorant and the spray-on toner. Get keep it fresh, smelling like flowers down there. Then, hit the plow 2.0. But this is a razor for your face. Don't use it down there. Straight razor. Don't want to do that. But clear out your face. Get everything looking groomed and pristine. And then go live a great day. Go be great. Do everything. You can do all that with Manscaped. Get 20% and plus free shipping with code SGP. Manscaped.com. That's 20% off. And free shipping with code SGP at Manscaped.com. Landscape, your Manscape people. Landscape, your Manscape. All right, Scott. We have two games here to talk about. Let's go on. Wait, I lost my lines. Oh. Uh, Awkward. Do, 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 do. Alright, so we here. We have game six, the Miami Heat traveling to the city of Brotherly Love. Philadelphia 76ers. Where the 76ers are laying two against the Miami Heat at home. 207 on the total. Miami absolutely routed Philly in Miami. I know you have a lot of thoughts about this game. I'm going to pass the floor up to you.
1: So my main thoughts aren't even going to be my thoughts initially. They're going to be Joel Embiid's because he's had a couple of quotes over the past week, and I want to open it to a discussion because I'm not exactly a fan of the timing of some of these quotes. Of course, you have the initial quotes about the MVP, and he was talking about how he's not really sure what he needs what he needs to do in order to win the award. He was talking about how... It's all about the narrative of the voters and how he called out a couple of voters in particular. I think it was mostly Bill Simmons from the ringer for some comments that he made about Jalen green and how it impacted some stuff. And first of all, the quotes from Bill Simmons are completely out of context. So I feel like you can take one blurb from a two hour podcast and you can make anything sound bad, but either way the point is that I think it's a little weird that Embiid got defensive about the MVP Which isn't surprising, but it's a little weird he did it in the middle of a playoff series. I don't think it's the right time for that, in my opinion. I get that it was a timely thing because Jokic just won the MVP, but I would rather that not be on his mind right now. And I know some people were complaining about maybe how he was pouting in the last game because of the MVP. I don't buy that. I just think he's hurt, which segues me into the second quote. That he had, and this one concerns me more. The MVP stuff, whatever, it's a distraction. Whatever, I get, that's the secondary quote here. The main quote involves him playing through injury, and this is an exact quote, word for word, that came out May 10th. He said, "Quote: This is a lose-lose situation for me. If I don't play, I'll be called soft. If I play and I play badly." they'll probably come up with a bunch of stuff like he's just not good enough. End quote. And first of all, he's 100% right. It's the nature of the beast. You know, you are a really good player. Expectations are high. Sometimes they're unrealistically high. And if you have one arm out there, you're supposed to put up 30. That's just the expectations. That's the way that the NBA media is. It is what it is. The problem I have with that is that Embiid is the leader of the team. And, I don't like the idea of a leader of a team talking about lose-lose situations right before his team is facing elimination. I think that's a really poorly timed quote. And I think if he was going to say this, he should have waited until the season was over because then everyone would know that the injury was there and he could make an argument, well, if Embiid was healthy, they would have won the series and whatever. But saying this after your team got routed or like right around the time your team got routed in the previous game. And now you're facing elimination, I think is extremely concerning, especially coming from the leader of the team. So I'm not going to say that it's a red flag quote, maybe a two car pile up a NASCAR. It's a yellow flag, but I do think it's a little bit concerning when the main person's already see already using injuries as an excuse if a similar thing unfolds in Game Six. You, I, I get his uh, point, but I don't like the timing of the quote. I really don't care. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I really don't
0: care. I think. I mean, I, I get what he's going for. I think the the only thing that made that would made this like you said all that. The only thing I was thinking about when he said that, and why why I heard you, you know, when I was retelling all that is that down? That sounds a lot like Ben Simmons known it. <laughs> I mean, it does like, you know, you say, you're hurt and if you don't play you're called soft and if you do play and you play bad they say you're trash I mean I don't know it's just crazy it just I don't know that does that not sound like Ben Simmons what Ben Simmons was going through Simmons so,
1: chose option three he, he didn't play
0: uh and now we're calling him soft but maybe that man that man just went through surgery so he might have been really hurt I just I don't know I don't know it, it All I'm saying is the quote sounds familiar. If Ben said the quote, there would
1: have been like, it don't matter what time Ben said the quote, it just went in the flown. Now, so, of course, Embiid's saying- injuries are more public, and people know that he's crawling out there. Like It's not a, it's not a surprise that he's seriously banged up, but I don't know. It seems like you, when you're facing elimination, your first thought should be, you know, we're on to game six playing at home the crowd will be behind us we're ready to go something yeah, like sure, that and i'm sure that
0: really but, was for his thought but you know he had, he felt Tom talk his shit and he talked this shit like you i know, get right? it. it it just I'm,
1: seems like he's building a case for an alibi if it just things feels, go south once again. i think it's
0: just, i think it partially has to do with the mvp because he felt like that was a you know another lose-lose situation it wasn't you know gonna be him and i think that this was just like i said he you felt like, hey, I'm I'm kind of in a lose lose situation here. People like you, you know, the media isn't isn't nice, like especially in Philly. The media is harsh, and so yeah, I'm in a lose lose situation. I don't play. I'm gonna say I'm trash, and if I do play and I play like trash, then you know nobody's gonna accept the fact that I was hurt and trying to you know muscle it through. So I'm gonna go out here and try to get a win and just try to avoid all that. That's what I'm gonna go out here and try to get a win and just avoid all that. So. Uh, I didn't. I didn't look into it as much for for. But as far as in game breakdown,
1: what's side I like, are you I on like here? Miami. You know I, Miami. I, I once again, it depends how much you want to read into the quotes or not. But the main takeaway, above anything, is Embiid is clearly hurt, and of course, you know, duh. But that means he's clearly feeling the effects almost every day because it, it seems like it's weighing on him pretty heavily at mm-hmm. the moment, and Miami. Had addition by subtraction with Lowry not playing in the last game. Mm -hmm. No offense to Lowry, champion, future Hall of Famer. I like him as a player. Has two things every girl wants. But you look at the numbers that he's had since coming back from injury, and he's still injured. He can't move. And if you're going to be playing 30 minutes a night, and you are basically a liability on both sides of the ball because he can't defend as well as he wants because he can't move, and he can't shoot as well because he does no lift off his jump shot, then I don't know why you're on the court. And we've seen the Heat without Lowry in the postseason. They're undefeated. They have not lost when Lowry has not played. So it seems like with Struess and Vincent and all these other role guys getting more minutes, they're better than a 40% Kyle Lowry. And it seems like that has been the main, I'd say, point or main trend that I've noticed from the Heat in the playoffs, besides the fact that besides Giannis, you can make a serious case Jimmy buller has been the second best player in the playoffs up to this point. buller has been nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I said this prior to game five that I thought that this was going six. And I thought Miami was going to route them in game five and come home and get a very nice win in game six. And I still think that's the point because I still think Miami is the best team coming out of the East right now.
1: When you say come home, you mean go on the road? and yeah, win go, on game road. Six. Okay. Yeah, go on the Yeah, go
0: on road and win game six. And so, again, I think Miami is the best team in the Eastern Conference right now that their defensive set is hard to get out of. It's it's hard to get out of, and it's really freaking annoying when you have Jimmy Butler on you, and you think you're going to switch and get a big man on you, and bam, my bio comes up. It's just like, oh, what's up, bro? It's very, very annoying. So, I, I want to say that Philly is going to make this close. I think Philly is going to make this close. I think this is going to be a good game. But both games in Philly, I feel like when it got – down to when it got down to well not both games but game, more game four when it got down to the wire it just went in Philly's way everything the shots were falling in Philly's way James Harden was going amazing everything like that I don't know if I'm going to get that same performance it just you know, it feels like everything went right last time they were in Philly and now that Miami has time to readjust themselves come back home get a nice win develop a new game plan I'm going to trust Eric Spolstra and this Miami team to go in here and get it done I think that they have the matchups. I think that in a perfect world, everything has to go right for Philly for them to get a win against Miami. And I believe that Miami can falter and still beat Philly because if everybody's not on for Philly, they're out of the game completely. You need Danny Green to be on. You need Tobias Harris to be on. You need Cyrus Massa to be on. You need all these people – all these different variables to have a good game. And with Miami, everybody doesn't have to have a good game for them to win because they're so balanced. They're so well-rounded. Everybody knows their role can pick up the role and can play well on the road. And we still haven't seen Tyler hero make an appearance in, um, in the past few games. So yeah, I like the chances I'm going with the Miami heat. I, that's probably going to be one of my dog picks for today. I like Miami Heat on the money line. I think I get a win in the series tonight.
1: Yeah. You think that the game's going to be close I am not so sure it's going to be close because assuming Miami gets off to a decent start, let's say Miami is up 10 at the half. Do I think Philly's going to fight back or is there a chance they roll over? I think they might roll over. And props to them for coming back in game six against Toronto and beating the crap out of them after they quit on their home floor in game five. But I have seen this team with Doc Rivers for years just randomly pack it in at various points, especially when things get difficult. Mm -hmm. And Miami is going to make things difficult. Now, the Heat, of course, did not play well in Philly in the first two games. They forgot how to shoot. They couldn't make a three-point shot to save their lives. I thought Philly looked okay. I mean, they won by 20 and only scored 99 points. You score 79 points in an NBA game in 2022. I think that's just based on terrible shooting. Philly played better defense, of course, but still Miami couldn't make a shot. But I am a bit concerned with the fact that we keep talking about Embiid's injuries and he has not played well recently. Harden had the one really good game in game four. He's really done nothing in the second half of any of the other three games in the series. Or sorry, any of the other four games in the series besides game four. But I'm looking at Harden's elimination numbers in his career, elimination game numbers, and they're not pretty. He's averaging 24 points per game, which is okay, but he's shooting 42.5%, 32.5% from three. In 21 career elimination games, he's a negative 17 mm-hmm. and plus minus. And I'm not saying that Harden is immediately going to look awful again. I still think he's injured, and it seems like he picks his spots when he wants to be explosive or not. I still think he might need surgery in the offseason, but we'll get to that point during the offseason. But I don't really trust either star that Philly has right now because of injuries and potentially Agent Harden's case. But I trust Jimmy Butler. I trust Hero. I trust Adebayo, who I know has been okay, okay offensively, not great, but he's still good defensively. They got weapons, and shout out to Oladipo. But one huge... I'd say mismatch in this series involves Oladipo. It's been Miami's bench. Uh-huh. Niang can't hit a shot, and you go down the line, and you have the likes of Hero and Oladipo, and just once again, keep going down the list against the likes of they Niang, not even playing. <laughs> Shake Milton. I don't even know if Cork must have seen the court in these in the series. If he did, it was brief. But Miami's bench is so much better than Philly's, it's not even close, that if Philly's star-powered lineup is going to underperform for injuries or for whatever reason, they're screwed. And I think that's going to happen. But I do think if things get difficult, Philly might quit. And it would not surprise me if Miami's up in the first quarter by 10, you might want to live bet Miami minus 20, because I do think that Philly might roll over. So I'm going with the Heat.
0: Yeah. um,
1: I don't think – I think it's going to be close. I think that – I hope for it, their I, sake it's close, but I'm just saying I, the, I
0: have seen this team quit before. At the end of the night, I think that we're going to be looking at the box score and being like, how did Philly lose with this game from Joe Embiid? Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to be like, wow, Philly really lost – just blew this amazing game Joe
1: Embiid just gave us and lost. So you think Embiid's going off tonight? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. I think oh, he's going right. to have a decent game. I think he's going to have 25 and 14 with 45% shooting from the floor, which is fine, I guess, you know, good numbers but the efficiency could be better. That's I'll what pass I'm on man expecting. For, I'll piss him in for 30. Okay.
0: All right. All right. Let's talk about Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. <clears throat> One scoop is delicious AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality minerals, vitamins, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens help start your day, gives you your energy, supports your gut health, nervous system, your immune system, gives you recovery, focus, aging, all of those things. And it costs less than $3 a day. Subscription is less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health people. It's health is wealth. It gives you better quality sleep. And they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you your free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. with your first purchase? All you have to do is visit athleticgreenscom SGP. Again, that's athleticgreenscom SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Health is wealth. And, while you're protecting your body health, you got to protect your internet health as well. With IPVanish, the premier VPN that get, per, that secures and truly helps you stay private, browsing on the internet, encrypts 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and even streaming and location can be stopped from hit, falling into wrong hands. It makes you virtually invisible, and you can use it on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. Even your Fire Stick. You can use it on your Fire Stick. That's great. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan to our listeners. with 30-day money back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap the button and you're instantly protected. Go to IPVanish.com SGP for their promo code SGP. And you will get your 70% off savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right. Let's move on to the second game, last game of the slate. Game six, we have the Suns traveling to play the Magic, uh, Mavericks.
1: I hope they were, I wish they were playing the Magic.
0: (laughs) Phoenix is laying two on the road. Getting Dallas is another home dog. They won the last two at home. What's the total? Uh, Because that's what's important here. 211.5 on the total. So does this does this series not does this not give you any doubt about the Phoenix Suns ability to get this done? I know we've been talking about them to being the best team this year. Does this not does this series not throw in any doubt at all? Because everybody everybody besides me thought that this was complete route by the Phoenix Suns. And now I ha- I have
1: the minus one and a half games.
0: And so while that still can come true. It it's a bigger like, sweat
1: than I thought it would ever yeah, be. Yeah,
0: it's a way bigger sweat than everybody thought it, they were getting. I don't know. I, I like Phoenix. Something always turned me off from them. And Dallas is exploiting that and saying that we can, if we can control this game and we can play to our pace, and we, then we can flip the narrative on them So, basically, the question here that I have for you is, do you believe Dallas is going to shoot 60% and win this game?
1: Personally, no. Now, Phoenix defensively has struggled against Dallas on the road. I know that if you look at the points, they gave up 111, they gave up 103. But from the three-point line in particular, Phoenix was not great at contesting the three-point line. And it also didn't help – when the referee's fouled out Chris Paul with 9 minutes to go on the Sunday game in game 4 which I thought was an atrocious free th- uh, was just an atrocious job by the refs in that game props mm-hmm. to Dallas you know for getting off to a big lead I'm not saying that's why Phoenix lost but that was rough the officiating it was really bad that's a chance that happens again too but i would say the one thing that i am concerned about for phoenix in this game it might sound a little bit cliche, but because we, we just roasted curry for it for talking trash and everything. I really just wish Phoenix would shut up and <laughs> just focus more on actually advancing to the next round because they talk so much shit. They really do. And Booker and Doncic, I'm sure you've seen the video on Twitter. They had some unpleasant comments about each other. Booker f- uh, drew the... Flagrant foul, quote unquote, from Finney Smith in the second half, and on the floor rolls over and says that's the Luca special when he's flopping on the floor. And I get it's cute and all. They're rivals. They're rivals. I'm not a fan of poking the bear. I was going to say, are they really rivals, though? Like, I, I guess Booker and Luca are, but the teams yeah. don't really have that yeah, much of Booker. a. Yeah, I, no, I truly think Booker and Luca are actually really. I rivals. think they are, but I'm saying the teams itself, whatever, but. I'm not linked to all the sideshow stuff and trying to poke the bear of the team that you're trying to beat. It just it doesn't do it for me. But I do think Phoenix made some very big adjustments in Game 5, which I think were huge. And I just got to go through some of those. They really did not play JaVale McGee that much. They only played him three minutes. They gave Biumbo 21 minutes, and he was a plus 18 had seven points and six rebounds. He's an idiot for trying to dunk the ball up 28 with no shot clock, but that's a separate story, and how him and Marquis Chris went down the same hallway and you had a whole thing at the end there. But Biombo was very good, and I think that that was a big factor was just not playing McGee. And then the second point was they really told Cameron Payne, you're bad at basketball. They just didn't play him at all mm-hmm. in the last game. He played four minutes. They played Landry they is played Landry Shamet 19. Yeah. On? Now, Landry Shamot, I don't think is a very good player. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Landry Shamet at all. I watched him on the Nets. I can't believe he got traded for a first-round pick on two separate occasions. But he was better than Cameron Payne. And at least Phoenix seemed to recognize a defensive blueprint, which was let Luka do whatever the hell he wants – and limit his assist numbers, which was the game plan I've been preaching since before the series started. Let Luca go for 40, limit him to three assists, guard everybody else on the three-point line, and ask Luca: is your 40 enough to win this this game? And I don't think it is. I think they need Finney-Smith, they need Brunson, they need Dimwitty, they need even Bertans to hit probably a combined 15 threes amongst them. And I do think that if you are going to stick to everybody else like glue and let DeLuca do his thing, I think Phoenix will win the game. Plus, we saw what happened against New Orleans in game six in the first series. Chris Paul on the road. Last time he was here, somebody unwantedly hugged his mother or whatever you want to read into on that. I don't believe in the Whatever. I I think the Dallas fan was in the wrong there, but whatever you want to read into, you can read into. It would not surprise me if Chris Paul shuts them up and sends them home. Just saying. Would that that, surprise you at all? No, it
0: wouldn't. It wouldn't at all. I am still going to lean Dallas towards this game because I like the adjustments that are being made. I like them.
1: Oh, the home team's dominated every game. It makes complete sense to take the home team spot. And I think that, but I think that, is there's a complete even though
0: they got killed last game there's a difference in the mentality and how they attack these games for the Dallas um Mavericks there's a there's a different mentality they have slowed they have forced the pace into a screeching stop to halt mm-hmm. a halt they have forced the pace into a halt and the fact that they control the pace while on the road it didn't get them any it didn't do them any favors I like their opportunity to make shots. They started off so good last Like, I just think that they have decided that they are going to control the first quarter.
1: Yeah, I was yeah, going to say the reason why the game went off the rails head. is they somehow trailed at halftime when they should have been yes. up at half.
0: And so I like their chances at home to build upon that, to keep something good going, then to complete, get completely routed, you know, like they did the other night. And yeah, so I, I think – yeah, I'll let you finish, sir. Yeah, I, um, I'm on – this is a tough one because yep. I do think that Chris Paul comes out and plays a lot better than he has been playing. But I do believe that they are slowly accepting the change of the guard that – and I'm looking more at Aiton and, and, and Booker. Like, Aiton and – Chris Paul shouldn't have to do anything. He shouldn't have to do anything. Aiton Booker should be dominating scoring. They should both be Aiden should a hundred percent be touching thirty every game.
1: Aiden is a little bit too finesse for me, but I still think he's a good player. And Booker, we we all know what he can do when he yeah. gets the basketball. He's defense. a dog.
0: I'm I'm gonna side with Dallas. I like I like the home team in these series. I think that this pace is going to be slow again, and Dallas has the defense where they can force. Phoenix into some bad play selection or taking a shot a little bit earlier than they wanted to take a shot. And the defensive adjustments have been great. The offensive adjustments going at Chris Paul have been great as well. Jalen Brunson has not backed down and has refound a confidence in himself. And he I really need him to carry that into game six. I think that Dallas has the pieces. Even though you talk about you're gonna just let Luca do whatever and stick to everybody else like glue,
1: that's what my game plan would be if I was a coach. You can't stick
0: to that though. They're not going to stick to that, and they're going to try to make adjustments. And I believe that they have the Luca has the ability to get the ball to the open shooter. Give me the Dallas Mavericks plus two. I really like my best bet in this game is Dallas first quarter. They've been dominant in the first quarter. They they've won the last three straight. They've understand that they want to play ahead. They need to have a good first to go out here and secure this. They're going into an elimination game. They don't want to install any other level of confidence in the Suns on the road. I like Dallas first quarter. Plus, I think six.
1: I was gonna say I think the one area that I underestimated Dallas in was going to be their really just their half court. I knew the half court with with Doncic was good offensively. I figured Chris Paul and Booker would just outplay them in the half court and that would result in a blowout series. And Dallas has actually outplayed Phoenix in the half court, which has been an extreme surprise for me. Phoenix has really sped the game up at home, which is why they have been dominating at home. Phoenix should try to get back and do, and do that once again in this one. Now Crowder mm. has a banged up shoulder. I know he's a good defensive player. He only had three points in the last game. He's not really a scorer. We know that. If Crowder is a limited, how much does that hurt Phoenix? Because a part of me feels like they would be a better team if Cameron Johnson was starting. Is that a hot take? Mm, no, Maybe I'm just like, a big Cameron Johnson guy.
0: I like Cameron Johnson coming off the bench What he brings that.
1: No offense game. to Crowder. I like Crowder as a role yeah, player. No, but but
0: I, like, I like what Crowder brings toughness defensive-wise as a, you know, a good 3-and-D player. And I think that Cam Johnson brings a nice spark off the bench that they really need.
1: Yeah, for me, I just feel like Cameron Johnson, if he got a, a few more minutes, would give him another serious scoring option. We've seen Bridges be streaky. We know Crowder is basically a catch-and-shoot guy who doesn't really do much off the dribble. I like the idea of keeping Dallas' defense off balance by giving yourself another shot creator on the floor because Crowder can be a lot of things. Shot creator is not one of them. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to lean Phoenix in this one. I don't feel great about it. I'm not going to bet it. But I do believe that Phoenix will try, keyword try, to limit Luka's assists And force him to go for 35 and dare the other players to contribute as they may. And I don't think it's going to work for Dallas. So I'm going to take Phoenix. It'll be close. It'll be ugly. I would lean to the under in this game because Dallas will want to slow the pace down. But I think Phoenix defensively might have found something. And I think it carries over. All right. Do you like the over or the under in this game? I'm on the under. I think the under is a lock. Dallas has yeah. to swallow the pace. It's gonna be I'm their, their right. main priority.
0: All right. Let's go on. The locking dog. What's your what are you doing in this league?
1: So I'm kind of torn on this one because my dog is my favorite play on the card. I really, really like Miami tonight. And they're gonna be my Oh boy. I guess I have to cheat. I'm 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 you know what? No, screw it. I'm gonna take the heat. As my lock, uh, plus two. You can argue on the money line. I think they're going to win the game. Mm -hmm. But Philly has been really good at home up to this point. I get it. The injuries and the consistent no-shows by either the supporting cast or even by Harden are a little bit too jarring for me. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, even though Embiid is arguably the second best, third best player in the league. I still got Giannis number one. I don't think it's close. I think it's a serious concern when, with Embiid's current health at about 60%, Jimmy Butler is clearly the best player on the floor in this Mm -hmm. entire series, and it's not even close. So Miami has the best player. They have the better bench. They have the healthier overall team, and they have the much better coach. I think Philly might roll over if they get off to a slow start. Give me Miami as my lock. I think it's over. All right. What's your dog? My dog is going to be, I want to see, it is a dog. Okay. So it, it's by the skim, it's by the slimmest of margins. I'm taking Dallas first quarter money line at even money. Oh my gosh. Just I have to, big. I have to, man. I know I'm, I'm stealing your entire thunder. I copied your flow yeah. bar for bar. I'm, nice. I'm taking the Mavericks' money line I, I, on the, in the first absolutely. quarter. I, I have to. First quarter, my noise have done well for me. I took them yeah. with the Grizzlies the last couple of games. They paid off. And the same logic applies. I'm going to back the team that's been really good in the first quarter in the series at even money or plus money to win the first quarter. So I'm going to take the Mavericks' first quarter. All right
0: got the same picks um can i get creative
1: all right i thought about double downing on the heat i would take the plus two and then take some alternative minus five and a half something and just take this the heat twice but no i'm not about that life okay give me the for my lock
0: I hate picking totals. Is my lot. I feel it gives me so much anxiety.
1: You going with the under for Dallas?
0: I think so. Um, well, I do think Dallas wins. Yeah. All right. I'll just sweat out the whole game. Fine. All right. I'll take Dallas plus two. Is my lot. I really do like under. But I'll take Dallas plus two. Is my lock for my dog. Do I? You're
1: taking Miami. Right? Do I, do I take the alternative spread, or do I get kind of cute? Or well, you think you're the one who thought the game was going to be close. I mentioned that Miami might yeah, blow it open.
0: I know, and so I do think it is a close game. Uh, just give me Miami money line plus. All right, I'm still plus one fifteen. Uh, that's not big enough. This baby dog. a baby dog. All right, let's. What does this do? Okay, all right, I'm cool with that. And I'm pretty sure I hit either my lock or my dog if I do that. Okay, all right, so for my dog, we will parlay the Miami Heat with the under in the Dallas. And Phoenix game, that's going to give you 3-1. to one. There we go. That's a better dog. That feels comfortable giving out with the dog. All right, so we'll do that. That's my lock. Lock Dallas plus two. <laughs> Even if Phoenix wins by one, I still catch that, so I like that too. So, yeah, Dallas plus two for my dog. Give me Miami on the money line and the under 211.5. That gives you 3-1 to one odds.
1: I see the Heat alternative at minus 5.5 at around plus 195. I don't mind that either if you wanted to go for a plus money play, a real plus money play on Miami. I think that there's a chance that they might win by double digits, in my opinion. Yeah, Love it. Love it. All right,
0: Scott, anything else you have for the people before we get up out of here?
1: Not really. Uh, I feel like the playoffs are fully, fully ramping up. We've had a couple of blowouts, unfortunately, in the last couple nights, which has been annoying. At least we had one really good game with the Bucks yesterday. Even though I'll have money on Miami winning by blowout, I do hope that at least one of these games tonight are close. Because when games are blowouts on TV and there's really not much else on, it just sucks. So I'm hoping we actually get some good content tonight. Yeah, I agree. I love to see. We'll, we'll
0: get some great games. And we're going to – I'm almost positive. Some, one way or another, we're going to get a game seven out of night.
1: So. As of right now, I have none of those going to game seven. So We're going to get one. We didn't we'll get see. a game seven the whole first round. We're getting a game seven tonight. I hope we get a game seven. Just not but, one of these. For everyone.
0: You give me know a game seven
1: bucks Celtic because I don't give a damn about that series.
0: <laughs> so we have at Scott uh, Scott at Ryshell Radio. That's what I was trying to say. Scott at Rychelle Radio, me at really real underscore underscore, nowhere to find us. SGP at SGPN nba on Twitter, SG.pn slash Slack. Hop in the Slack channel, talk to us. listen to the WNBA podcast. We're going crazy. I'm trying to tell you we're going crazy over there. Tap into us at WNBA gambling podcast for sure. And I have no idea how I'm going to end this podcast. So walk that trick. Walk that trick. Walk that trick. We out here.
1: Basketball